All right, here we go. And Slee, we get three of these bad boys in a yeah, row. Yeah, no messing so around. Is, no messing around. This is basically uh, like uh, a mini series for us. Instead of one here and there, we're going to do this three nights in a row starting tonight. I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty pumped about that. Guaranteed by tomorrow, 8 p.m., you're going to be like, can we get Kirk back in here? Can we get is Morrison available? <laughs> well, I will available? say this. Kirk was Kirk was far more interested in hot dogs as an appetizer <laughs> than you were. He, he he was he was very excited about that. I'm not you should surprised. have seen his. He, he was surprised. like, oh oh yeah, no, that's that's a really good idea. Kirk was fired up for that. So uh, yeah, who knows? Maybe when it's time to eat a little bit, we'll bring Kirk back around. What's going on, Trav? How we doing? I'm doing fantastic. So I, you know, it's funny when we were doing uh, I was doing my morning hits this morning, and mm-hmm. I was thinking about the show tonight. I was thinking like, hey, you know. Wonder what? I wonder what Slee did up in Big Bear in the mountains. So what? What did you do on a Friday up in the snow? All right. By the way, I was trying to think. I, I was saying to myself, "Hey, can I do the show from up there? Is there a way?" I mean, obviously I can. You obviously do have the Comrex. A lot of people have the Comrex. No joke, Travis. At around five p.m., uh, power goes out till eight p.m. <laughs> so can you imagine just us <laughs> our game plan? Oh, absolutely. Hey, no problem. Amanda, don't worry about it. Everything's under control. I'm just going up to Big Bear for the weekend. 5 p.m. to 8 p.m., uh, no power. Uh, Big Bear's great, man. I, I know that it's just it, it's kind of crazy, Trav. Think about this. Two-hour drive, you're up in the mountains. Yeah. Obviously, the weather is completely different. Um, was up there with family, so the, the whole Airbnb thing, so you have three different families that are up there. I mean, it, just a great experience. I, at the end of the day, what are you doing? You're eating a lot. You're... Sitting inside so, the place that we were uh, that we stayed in had uh, had pools, so playing a lot of pool, just hanging out with the fam. That sounds good. That sounds good. Have you ever done the surf and ski? Have you ever tried that? Do you do? I, I do neither of those things. I don't surf or ski, um, but my kids do both, and mm-hmm. they've gone and done the surf and ski on the same day. That's like a Southern California rite of passage if you grow up around here to be in the ocean in the morning and yeah. then on the mountain in the afternoon. So you're we're looking at each other on a Zoom call right now. Uh, ask me again the same question. Just look at me. Look at my physique. Look at. <laughs> take a second to kind of sink. Uh, right, let's let move everything. on. Let's just, <laughs> let's just let's just keep going. You're right. That was probably bad. My Middle Eastern me. ass is not surfing and skiing. It's just it's not happening. <laughs> just you, you never know. You, I figured the San Diego part of you may have yeah. outweighed other parts. You just you, you never really know what's going on. Yeah, now, now right, you know so, the truth. The reason we are on uh, for the last or the next few days is because the NBA is on the All Star break. We want to hear from you at Travis Rogers at Alan Sliwa. Phone calls eight seven 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 ten ESPN. Hear that, Jesse? I got that right, so mm-hmm. I don't want to hear from you. Eight seven 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 ten ESPN. Uh, you've been promoting. You, uh, you've been promoting Sweet James on our call. So they've been calling. It's been going to the call center for Sweet James on some of your uh, numbers. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. If you get in an accident, you call Sweet James. If you want to talk about the Lakers or the Rams or what sort of salsa to put on your burrito, you call me and sleep. It's, uh, it, it's pretty easy. So here we are at the halfway point, right? This mm-hmm. is the halfway point of the NBA season. The Lakers are 24-13, and 13, which is good, not great. It's good, not great. LeBron was telling that he kind of likes where the team is, doesn't love it. Where are you at the halfway point with this Laker team, Sleep? Uh, a lot of expectations for the second half, Trav. I, mean, I, I think for me, I, I, I look forward to what the Lakers got in front of them. I can sit here and say health is going to be everything. That's going to be the case for every team. Uh, of course, Anthony Davis, uh, you just want to see this guy get back to um, get back to being the Anthony Davis we're accustomed to. Um, but how can you not be excited of what's to come in the NBA? But before the season started, Lakers were the clear-cut favorites 
to win back-to-back championships. Now you got the NBA got a lot more interesting over the last three months, right? The first three months of the season, where did the Utah Jazz come from? Um, what's going to happen with Andre Drummond and where he eventually lands? The Brooklyn Nets added James Harden and added Blake Griffin before, uh, and or, maybe might add Andre Drummond. And could add potentially Andre Drummond. So right. what was before? Hey, it's the Lakers. Lakers are the team to beat. Now all of a sudden has become. Uh, Brooklyn is the favorites with some of these uh, sports books. You're, you're mm-hmm. starting to see the shift there. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot more storylines than I think we thought. And that's what happens. By, by the way, when you set the bar, everybody starts chasing that bar. Everybody was chasing the Lakers. And now there's a few teams that feel like they're either um, uh, either in a, a good spot to at least compete with the Lakers or might even be better than them. Yeah, I, I, I think I agree with most of that. I, I think that the Lakers were the, the favorites heading into this season. I think that they were the favorites up until Anthony Davis's um, calf started to give him a little trouble. And then seeing that and thinking about what that may mean you know, as, you, as they move further into the season and whether or not he comes back and when he does come back, what does he look like? Does it get re-aggravated? All of those variables that go into it are just kind of leaving you with a little bit of a sense of uncertainty. And then add in the fact that Brooklyn's better than I thought. Brooklyn, Brooklyn's combination of players right now is it's a better mix than I would have imagined. Now, that being said, I think there's a real chance that it could go bad on, on very short notice. They, and and that's why I think the Lakers maybe aren't the clear-cut favorites that they were, um, maybe say, a month or so ago, but I still think they're the favorites because that the, the variable for the Lakers is health, mm-hmm. right, which really isn't in your control at all. The variable for the Nets isn't health. It's guys' deals. Is James Harden going to get tired of having to chair? Is Kevin Durant going to put up with when he comes back, you know, with being part of a three-headed monster? He's done it before. And then Kyrie is the ultimate wild card. He's playing great. I mean, he's a fantastic player. But any of those three guys could go to their 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 bad side, their dark side, and have it blow up and affect the entire team. The Lakers don't have that. For the first time, the conversation is also kind of shifting where, let's say the Lakers are 100% healthy. Let's say Anthony Davis is back and he's good to go. Um, there's no lock or guarantee in a seven-game set, even with the Lakers completely healthy, that they're going to beat Brooklyn. You mentioned a lot of things. There's some question marks about the Nets. By the way, you got to also look at um, injuries could come into play for the Nets as well. Look at Kyrie Irving. Look at Kevin Durant. Um, James Harden has actually been the one that's played uh, he's been the most consistent, not just with Brooklyn, but when he was with Houston as well. Mm-hmm. But for the first time, that's what I'm talking about, Trav. For the first time, it's not just pure talent, or it's not just pure the Lakers have to be healthy. There's some good talent around the NBA. I I, I have a curiosity. There's some games coming up in March. March alone. I'll just use March as an example. Um, and there's going to be opportunities for the Lakers to obviously make some you know different type of statements. But if you look at the schedule for the Lakers in March, you got the Suns. You got Philly, you got the Bucks. You got some good games right after the All Star yeah. break. Trav, in April, you have Clippers, um, you have Brooklyn, and you have two against the Utah Jazz. We get we finally get to see where we get closer to the playoffs, get closer to the playoffs, or get closer to the postseason, Lakers will have games where they got to potentially make – they have opportunities to make statements. You remember last year, almost a year ago, it might have actually just been a year ago now, where they had that weekend where they played 
Um, they played the Bucks. They pl- played the Clippers. Won them. both of those games. Yep. Trav, I don't think those were just regular, regular season games. I think the Lakers were trying to make a statement, and I think there's going to be some curiosity in the second half of the season when you look at that schedule. Well, you go back to that point, right? And the conversation was, yeah, the Lakers are really good, but they haven't beaten anybody that's any good. They, they remember they went on that East Coast trip right. and they lost to Philadelphia and mm-hmm. they lost to uh, I forget who the Celtics maybe I think were a part of that group and yeah maybe Celtics even blew them out mm-hmm. yeah and, and all of a sudden you're thinking yeah the Lakers are beating they're, they're beating Sacramento and they're beating Atlanta and they're beating you know these sorts of teams but they're not beating the teams that they need to beat that wasn't the case this year but I I think even if the games against Utah, the game against Phoenix, he talked about Portland or not Portland um, Brooklyn the the games that are coming up there. If Anthony Davis isn't there, it's kind of a eh, no question about eh. it. No, it, it is. There's no. How do you gauge it? I mean the the last the last eleven games for the Lakers, they lost to Denver, they lost to Utah, they lost to the Suns. How do you gauge those games? You can't. You just can't. I mean, as much as people want to make, you know, some type of uh, they want to make a. Well, the the Jazz made a statement against the Lakers. No, they didn't. Dennis Schroeder and and Anthony Davis weren't playing. There is no statement to be made. I, I get what you're referring to too. It, depending on when Anthony Davis comes back, if he's back for those games and he's sitting at 100, percent that's going to be the only time we really get to kind of gauge the Lakers against some of the other competition. Suns, we knew would be good. We didn't know they'd be this good. Jazz, I don't think anybody thought they'd have the best record in the NBA. So, I mean, just kind of keeping those those two matchups in mind, you're looking forward to playing teams like that again when AD's healthy. Let me ask you this real quick, and we can get the answers from people on Twitter too, at Travis Rogers, at Alan Sliwa. Is there anybody, because what you just said, it, it kind of triggered a thought. You, see, you know, Utah's got the best record in the league. Fine. Mm-hmm. Does anybody think that Utah's the best team in the league? Travis- I, I just, outside of Salt Lake? Help me understand this. What did the Jazz do to everyone in the NBA? Was it just me, or were they just getting disrespected left and right over the last three days in the uh, with the All Star Weekend or All Star Sunday? I have a theory. You ready? Yeah. It's Carl Malone elbowing people in the head for twenty years that set people off on the it was Jazz. Twenty years ago. Yeah. Well, I understand that, but it hurts. And, and you know, you, you get enough guys going into the paint. You get enough guys trying to do something. And here's Carl Malone, built like a you know a linebacker, like a bodybuilder, and he's picking off guys by elbowing in the side of the head. And, you know, you go into that arena. It seems every year the Lakers go into Utah, and there's always an incident with some jackass in the crowd <laughs> doing something that drives you crazy. What well, didn't Russell Westbrook almost got in a fist That's fight right. with a six year old? Right. I mean, there, that 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 place there is just it's it's a it's a loony bin. So no wonder everybody hates the Jazz because every time you go in there, these guys are out of control. Think about think about this: the last couple of days, um, we had we had LeBron and KD picking Gobert and Donovan Mitchell last in that draft. Okay, which by the way, that means Demontis Sabonis was picked before Donovan Mitchell. It means Julius Randle was picked before Donovan Mitchell. I, I don't know what the Jazz have I done. I believe you mean skills competition champion Donatus Savonis. No question about it. No question <laughs> about it. When you could dribble through a cone and hit a left-handed layup on your right uh-huh. side, I mean, it's pretty pretty special. Uh, yeah. But but to answer your question, Trav, no, I don't think people think the Jazz are the best team in the NBA. And, you know, for the Lakers in the second half of the season, we, we've talked about this. It's not about are you going to have the best record in the NBA. That that's not what it's about. And I don't think for the Lakers, you know, that's obviously a priority. For the Jazz, I think it is. So that lead might grow for the Utah Jazz, but I don't think anybody believes the Jazz are the best team in the league. 
No, I, I don't think so either. And I think everybody understands that the Lakers are still the gatekeepers of this whole thing. That Because we've seen it. We've seen that group of guys win, or at least the majority of that group of guys win. Whereas with Brooklyn, they're still trying to figure it out, and then Utah's on a whole other plan. So here's the question. How open is this window for the Lakers, and how hard do you try to squeeze through that window if Anthony Davis isn't 100%? That's what I want to get into next. That's coming up next. Travis and Sliwa, 710 ESPN. Are you tired of uncomfortable, stuffy clothing when you're on the move? Task Performance is here to revolutionize your active lifestyle. Crafted with their innovative organic cotton and bamboo fabric blend, Task Performance's Carrollton Collection is Task's all-time most popular active wear. Task Carrollton Collection is breathable, moisture-wicking, and provides USPF 50-plus sun protection, keeping you fresh, cool, and comfortable all day long. Task has harnessed the natural performance qualities of bamboo to deliver amazingly soft and durable apparel produced in an ethical and sustainable manner. Whether you're hitting the gym or on the trail, the golf course, traveling, the office, or just around town, Task Carrollton Collection will help you feel better, move better, and live better. Available in dozens of colors. See what better looks like at taskperformance.com. Use code SPORTS to get 20% off. That's code SPORTS at TASCperformance.com. Task, creating the most comfortable performance apparel on the planet. And by those comments, Lee, that what, I don't care if it's seven sixteen on a uh, Tuesday night, this is a big deal. You and me on the radio is a is a very big deal, right? Listen, listen, in L.A., um, as you know, people are always on the road. So we are taking advantage. And, you know, you, you mentioned something. I'm kind of curious where you were getting at with this because you were talking about Anthony Davis going all in. What what, what were you referring to there? Well, I, I, look, the optimist in me mm-hmm. wants to talk about the Lakers in the sense of when Anthony Davis comes back and that being him coming back and being fully healthy and remaining healthy the rest of the way. That's the optimist. The pessimist is – hey, when is he coming back? How healthy will he be? And how, how likely is it that that injury may get re-aggravated that you go? And, and I think that's the balancing act that you have with the Lakers. And, and I, you've said it, I've said it, and everybody that's watched basketball at all in the last couple of years has made the comparison between what Anthony Davis is dealing with right now and what Kevin Durant dealt with, with at Golden State a couple of years ago, which was a calf strain that didn't look great. And, and again, he... he came back in the playoffs, and then ultimately ended up tearing his Achilles tendon and missed an entire season in the process. And I think that that's the balancing act that the Lakers have right now. And, and again, I'm not Dr. Clapper. I can't tell you exactly what's going on inside that guy's leg. I just know that this reminds me of that. He's a big guy. He he plays with a tremendous amount of athleticism. And if that thing's not 100% ready to go, how much do you push? Because while LeBron is still on the short list for MVP candidates, he is in his 18th season. Sure. He is 36 years old. And at some point, the window, which feels very, very open right now, starts to slide close. So how hard do you push to try to get that air quote one more shot at it? Do you go all in and say, you know, bleep it, let's just see what happens? Or do you say, look, LeBron's still going to be LeBron for another two, three, four, five seasons. Let's be very cautious with this. And it means that we have to be cautious at the expense of maybe advancing. Let's do it anyway. Well, you know, LeBron is the window, right? Let, let's be real. Let's be real about this. Um, and I say this all the time. I'll do the post game show or something like that. I'll say Anthony Davis is the present. Anthony Davis is the future. But I'm not referring to AD 
will just carry the Lakers. It, one day when LeBron James says, hey, thank you, I'm hanging it up, uh, AD's now going to just take over, and on his own, he's going to go win the Lakers another championship or two. Yeah. Uh, of course, and there's really no player that can do that. you got to have help. And I think Anthony Davis is a perfect example. Go look at his career in New Orleans. It's not like we were watching him take the Pelicans to the Western Conference Finals every single year. So, Trav, what I'm trying to get at is this, and I thought Jeannie Buss mentioned this yesterday on uh, on First Take. She said that this is our window with LeBron, right? And, and you don't know. you got to try to take advantage of this window with one of the greatest to ever do it. So if you're asking me, um, you know, how much risk do you take, the bottom line is the Lakers – the playoffs are not starting tomorrow. You're not in the NBA fan- Finals where Kevin Durant's trying to come back in Game 5 and see if he can go. The Lakers have a long runway before it's a must. Like, hey, we got to figure this out now. If not, then we're going to get eliminated or uh, we're going to struggle just even getting into the postseason. But your window is now. There is, I mean, I don't know about you, when I hear people start talking about next year's luxury tax and the Lakers could, I'm like, who cares? Yeah. You're, you got to worry about this season because you just don't know at what point LeBron James can maintain what he's doing and you don't know what other teams are going to do, like the Brooklyn Nets or the Utah Jazz, or let's see what happens with Andre Drummond. That That's the one thing that I kind of caution. I don't want to look to tomorrow when you have an opportunity right now today to get back to back. No, look. I love the line, and I'm going to steal it and pretend it was my own. LeBron is the window. Le- mm-hmm. Le- LeBron is the window. It's not Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis is a tremendous NBA player, a tremendous NBA player. He also got out of the first round once without LeBron James. Okay, This is not a new guy who'd been in the league for five minutes and, oh, he'll grow in. He was there six years. Okay, He was there six years, got out of the first round, once mm-hmm. and then lost the next round after that. Okay, so this idea that oh we got AD and he no 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 hold on hold on hold on it's LeBron. LeBron has been in the league seventeen seasons and gone to the finals ten times. It's not a coincidence. Okay, Dwayne Wade's a great player. He went once without LeBron. LeBron goes everywhere. LeBron goes. The finals come with him. So <laughs> right. he's the he's the piece that you need to be most preoccupied with. So the the the, the calculation that you need to do isn't. Anthony Davis, it's how many more years of LeBron James do I think I have? Is it LeBron James right now? LeBron James, and let's, I don't want to get into the ranking of it all, but LeBron James at best is the best player in the league, and at worst he's number three, okay? At worst, and that's probably being slightly disrespectful to him. Mm-hmm. So two years from now, is he still in the top five or six? Yeah, probably. Is he, you know, five years from now, four years from now, is he still in the top ten? Yeah, probably. You think so? You think so that so, far down the road? I, I, I'm done putting a limit on what that dude can do. Mm-hmm. I'm done with it. I, I, I've, I've been wrong too many times. That Oh, okay, it gets 30, it's going to change. And when it gets to 31 or 32, okay. Yeah, yeah no, 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 I'm done. Mm-hmm. Because th- th- he was supposed to be well past this by now anyway. So if we're talking about 32 or 33, or you know, I should say you know, beyond 32, 33, beyond 36, 37, into his 40s, you know, Jeannie on first take said the other day too. You know, well, I don't know if he's going to play till he's forty six, but what if he plays till he's forty one mm-hmm. and he's still doing these things? That's the window. So if you think you've got LeBron on the line and, and not under contract, that's not what I mean. But that he's still going to be that guy two, three more years from now, then maybe you're slightly more cautious with Anthony Davis as opposed to, hey, look, we can see that it's starting to happen. 
let's go for it right now. Because once LeBron is not that guy, then we have to recalibrate the entire thing. So I think the Lakers will be extremely cautious on Anthony Davis. I think AD and his representation will be extremely cautious on Anthony Davis. Um, And whatever that means, it means. I want to play something real quick. So Jay Williams from earlier today, um, I got it right here. I'm going to click on it. Jay Williams was talking about, did you hear this? But he thinks that AD could potentially, um, it could be thinking of sitting out those. Let let me play this real quick from Jay Williams. That's, That's the question. When does Anthony Davis come back? And, and look, Rich Paul has Rich Paul and that organization have a big-time decision to make because Kendrick Perkins has said it. I've heard our Rich Paul say it too, that when that injury happened to Kevin Durant, Rich Paul was like, look, man, if that ever happened to LeBron, he's not coming back. He's not coming back. So those words, fast forward years later, if AD doesn't feel okay, do you sacrifice long-term for short-term gratification to win a chip Especially at LeBron being 36, I, I don't know. Okay, first, first, can I just say something real quick? Yeah. Sh- short-term gratification by winning a championship, that's not short-term gratification. Okay, there, there, there are not too many people who would say, hey, look, in the short term, do you want to win a championship? Yep, done. I, I don't need to hear what comes after that. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, the, the Lakers are a unique animal in that the Lakers think about, all right, how are we going to win multiple championships in the next five or ten years? That's exclusively a Laker thing. <laughs> There's no one else that looks at it like that. So the Lakers, a short-term gain of another championship, back-to-back championships, hell yes, sign me up. Well, listen, um, I, I said this and I'll say it again. I, I really, really do believe at the end of the day they'll be so incre- overly cautious on Anthony Davis that if you do see him back on the court and, and he's playing in three weeks from now, remember the initial timeline was four weeks. That was about yeah. two weeks ago. So if it just kind of goes along that timeline – I don't think that's the organization taking a risk. I think it's Anthony Davis saying, guys, I'm good to go. I mean, I, I feel good. I'm ready to go. We were extra cautious about it. I mean, I got four weeks off. I, I missed already 38% of the season. That number is only going to go up as, as he misses more games at least another week or so. Where the, the thought and the idea, Trav, the hope is uh, maybe Anthony Davis can start taking some of that load in the second half of the season because LBJ has been the, obviously been the one that's taken the load so far. All right, 877-710-ESPN. That's the phone number. Let's do our first call of the night. Let's start in L.A. with PJ. Oh, PJ already dropped, so we're not going to do that. Well, in that case, Lee, I'm going to read some tweets because I like tweets better anyway. Let's do this. Um, This is from John, and he writes, uh, Jazz are the cafeteria food at school. As a kid, we knew it was there as an option to keep (laughs) us from going hungry, but it wasn't something we openly sought out and wouldn't win any culinary awards. Um, they're they're better than cafeteria sloppy joes, aren't they? I mean, they're they're slightly better than that. They're I not, would. I, they're I, not Morton's. I would approach the cafeteria food as if it was a high end restaurant. I'd be like, well, thank you so much. I'd love to meet the chef. Can I have a second to meet the chef back there? Uh, well, the chef is the can opener that you push down and goes. And they pour it out, and then that little that disgusting wedge of jellied meat at the oh, bottom of the can Jesus. that you have to scoop out and. Plunk, right onto the tray. Listen, that's what I remember from grade school. That, this is the disrespect I'm talking about with the Jazz. <laughs> Listen to that tweet right there. I mean, the way, and, and then LeBron saying that. Did you did you read what Donovan Mitchell said after? Hit when, me. When LeBron said, LeBron eventually said, remember he said, "There's no slander to the Jazz. You guys got to understand. Just like video games growing up, we never played with Utah. He talks about John Stockton and, and Malone. Uh-huh. Donovan Mitchell says, 
I don't want to be rude, but I really don't care. People have been talking ish about me for a while. We're not doing this to seek the approval of James. How about okay. that? That's a that's a that's a heavy one right there from uh, from Donovan Mitchell. He obviously took it personally. He says, "Whether I'm picked last or first, I'm here." So, Donovan Mitchell scares me because b, a because of that answer and b because he's a bad man. Well, listen, he, he's, he, he just, that a lot of guys would have laughed about Carl Malone and John Stockton and NBA jams and all that. I guarantee you that that's not him saying what he just said, what you just read. So it's good copy or. He believes it. He's mm-hmm. not here to make LeBron James happy or to be best friends with him. He wants to go out there and beat him. Like, Ru- Rudy Gobert is not that dude. Ru- Rudy Gobert is the guy that's going to goof around and get the NBA shut down by fondling COVID microphones. <laughs> that, 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 that's what he's going to – Donovan Mitchell is serious. No, business. Donovan Mitchell is real deal. And, and, yeah. and there, there, is, there does seem to be a disrespect to the Utah Jazz that only will motivate the Utah Jazz. And with all that said – I'm still not worried about the Jazz. You know, I, I still don't look at them and say, I'm, I'd rather play, if you're playing the Jazz in a seven-game set, I'll take my chances. Um, the one thing they don't have is, you know, compare the Lake or compare the Clippers and the Utah Jazz. Clippers have Kawhi Leonard. The Jazz do not have that player that's proven it, has won a championship finals MVP. So that is the difference. But, man, the disrespect to the Jazz. Yeah, that may be one of those things you want to dial back just a little bit. You can, you can go in there. But don't make – don't you can – let's pick on Rudy specifically. Let's not – let's leave Spider Mitchell alone. Let's just do direct these things at uh, Rudy Gobert. All right, David Price made his spring training debut yesterday, and he looked really good. That's not the important piece. The important piece is what he said after he pitched. That's coming up next. Travis and Sliwa, 710 ESPN. When you're on a business trip, you know what goes completely off the rails? Your workout routine, especially when you book a hotel that doesn't have a gym. So what ends up happening is you do a few push-ups and sit-ups in your room, run around the block, or just skip it entirely. Lame. If you just stay at La Quinta by Wyndham, you'll discover there's a fully equipped fitness center at every location. Now you can wake up and power your buys and tries the right way or de-stress with some cardio. The choice is yours. Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. So before we take a call, Slee, I have a quick story. I, uh... I went and played a little golf this afternoon between doing my uh, morning stuff and coming back and yeah. doing the show with you. Your, your double shift. Right, my double my double shift days. And uh, playing with the guy and swings around to work, and, and he says, hey, um, whatever happened to Marcellus? <laughs> and I said, well, what do you mean? He goes, well, where'd he go? And I said, oh, he went to uh, – he's at FS1. He goes, oh, yeah, I don't watch that. Yeah, he got so paid. It's like, come <laughs> got, on, man. He got paid. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But uh, that just reminded me a little bit of that. All right, let's do our first call of the night. This stop in L.A. is Chris. Chris, you're on with Travis and Sleeva. What's up, Chris? Hey, what's going on? Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Yeah, loud and clear. What's up? Awesome. So I don't want to sound like a Laker hater, but I do have a couple of things on my chest. One of them being A.D. If the Lakers are going to win it back-to-back, he's going to have to step up and play the five. I know he doesn't like to play the, the five position. He loves the four. I don't know if it's because he doesn't want to bang around and, and, and be that guy, but he's going to have to step up and play the five, not the four position. Uh, the only way that they'll get saved is if they sign Andre Drummond, which I really fear. Uh, as, as I love the Clippers. I'm just being honest. But I fear if they get Andre Drummond. Oh, that's a problem. Number two yeah, that's a problem if he goes to the Clippers. LeBron, I, I, don't think, I don't think Michael Jordan – or Kobe Bryant would have ever scored four points at an all-star game. If the Lakers want to win, he's got to get his 
mind together. I, I know he's trying to go all out and chase Carl Malone right now, but he's got to focus on that championship. I right, appreciate you calling in. Got a little confused there, Trav. Okay, first, real quick, on the Andre Drummond portion of the yeah. call. Um, listen, Andre Drummond, that that could – I think we when we talked last week, I thought that he can potentially change the scope of who your favorite is, just if he mm-hmm. lands on a specific team, right? I mean, if he landed – he mentioned the Clippers for a quick second. If Andre Drummond ended up with the Clippers – I think it's a great fit. That's not good for the Lakers. It's not good for the Lakers, right? Yeah. If he ends up with the Boston Celtics, okay, well, you're not going to – Boston's still going to have to go through Philly. They're going to have to go through the Brooklyn. Not, not that big of a deal. It doesn't specifically affect the Lakers. You mentioned it joking around if he ended up with the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, that's a yeah. problem too. Yeah. Um, but just to kind of stick on that, I don't know what's going to happen to Andre Drummond, but I do feel like I, – I put out a poll yesterday for Lakers Talk, and I asked Laker fans if – let's say this team is healthy. Let's say they're 100% healthy. Anthony Davis, no issue there. Do you think they add, They need to add another piece, or is the roster fine? No. I, I, Over 57% I think they, thought you got to add something. Yeah, I, I I would put myself in that 57% for sure. And and I don't – I think Andre Drummond would be a good start because I think he fills one of their two needs. I think the Lakers have two needs. Number one is size. Be, they, they miss Dwight and they miss JaVale. That, that's, that's obvious. Um, and the other two is somebody that can make threes. And that's something that they have in spurts. They got guys that can get hot and make them, but they don't have a, a guy that I think is that that three point shooter that sits there and waits, catches it, lets it go. Um, those are the two things I think they need. I want to go back to the Anthony Davis. You know, doesn't want a banger. Anthony Davis is not a banger. Okay, he, he's not. You just if, if you watch the Lakers, you will notice. And and I, I hesitate to point this out because it's the only thing I shouldn't say the only thing. One of the only things that I notice when I watch Anthony, he spends a lot of time on the ground. A lot, okay. For 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 a guy that's that big, he doesn't really the the contact is not his cup of which is fine. That's fine. Have to be you know Bill Lame Beer. He doesn't have to be down there you know knocking guys upside the head. That's fine. That's not his game. He's got a much more skilled game than that. He can shoot. He can put it on the floor. He can do all those things. That being said, he's pretty good at the five. He can go down there, and he really, especially defensively, and especially when they go up some other, against some other teams, specifically Brooklyn, they don't have anybody. They don't have an answer for that, dude. Mm-hmm. They they don't have it. What LeBron James scoring four points in an All Star game has to do with anything? I have no idea. I, I didn't know where I, he was going. I, with I that. just I just don't know. It it, it literally if he that, had that was my favorite stat. Points, that was my favorite stat was yeah. the fact that he had played thirteen minutes. Thirteen minutes, right, right, he right. Did, the thirteen he did minutes. nothing. And ended up, uh, you know, obviously with four points. I, I don't know how we went from, you know, AD to the big man to LeBron's got to step it up in the All-Star game. Uh, that was quite yeah. a transition there. Look, the, the All-Star game is what it is. It's kind of fun for 10, 15 minutes, and then you kind of start looking at your phone and you check back in at sure. the end. That's just that, – that's what it is. It doesn't matter at all. Um, the AD piece is, is the piece. It, it's the piece about whether or not they, they – get back to the finals, whether or not they maybe win the finals. Because without him, the road to get there is your, your margin of error goes from decent to almost non-existent. Well, without him, I mean, there's no, there's not much of a conversation. You think? Okay, they're, they're, because that's what, that's what I'm hearing a lot. And, and I don't know if I, I – don't get me wrong. Depe- I'm not depends the definition the- of you know what you. Th- we'll we'll see if we if we both are on the same page of there isn't that much if he's not there. It's it's you're talking about AD not being there, right? Yeah. Okay. You've seen how the Lakers have looked the last two weeks without him, right? Mm-hmm. 
And which it's isn't been, fair. Which isn't fair because the Schroeder part. Schroeder. And, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Schroeder's a big part of that. So that that's a big part of it. Bring him back in. Have him be playing at a high level. There is a level that LeBron can still go to that he has not gone to in this little two week run. He, sure. Because quite frankly, he doesn't need to. And Absolutely. We've seen it. Seeing what LeBron has done in the playoffs and getting getting other teams to the finals with what's around him. Let's pretend that Anthony Davis just doesn't come back for whatever reason, doesn't mm-hmm. come back. I don't love their chances, but it's not zero. Not with him. If you have him on your team, it's never zero. It's harder. It's a hell of a lot harder, but it's not zero. Matthew Dellavedova played in the finals because of LeBron James. Eric Snow and Zadrunas Elgoskis and these other guys Hall of played in the finals because of LeBron James. Mm-hmm. That, that that he does things that don't make any sense, and I'm not going to be the one to tell him he can't do it again. There's only so much you can do. So I don't I don't disagree with what you're saying, but there's only so much you can do. Lakers are not beating the Utah Jazz. They're not beating the the Los Angeles Clippers. They're not beating these teams. I mean, AD's got to be AD. And, and for the guy that was saying that Anthony Davis is not a banger, to be honest with you, I think you know you got to look back. Look back at that championship run. There's a lot of times AD played the five when when the Lakers needed AD to play the five. He played the five, and he would demolish Rudy Gobert, and he would demolish. Um, you know, it doesn't matter who the center is. Uh, this past season, when they played Philadelphia, he started guarding Joel Embiid in the second half and in the fourth quarter. You really didn't see much of Joel Embiid. AD is very selective when he needs to be. He's not going to give you what you want in December, but he's going to give it to you in April or May or whatever the case is. But there's only so much LeBron James can do, and if AD's got to be there. It's just simple as that. I'm, I'm trying to think how to say this mm-hmm. without making it sound disrespectful and without making it sound... Um, bad for business when you have to set it up that way (laughs) a lot of these games in the early part of the season don't matter sure a lot of these games in the early part of the season for the lakers simply don't for the of course for For the the lakers Lakers. but you look if you're the phoenix suns you got to stack a bunch of wins absolutely stack a bunch of wins build confidence all of those things seeding blah 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 when it's go time they've got lebron and they've got ad the rest of it, who beat who before the All-Star game, it, it couldn't matter any less. It just doesn't matter. There's certain teams that that applies to. The Dodgers this year, <laughs> there's going to be a lot of games where, yes, you want to win every game, uh, and, and they might just have good enough pitching and good enough players that they're just going to win most of the games. But does that game really matter in May? Does it really matter no. in June? But is it going no. to matter to some of those other teams that are saying, oh, my God, if we could just maybe potentially um, put ourselves in a position where the Dodgers have to come on the road? You know, I'm, I'm putting it that way, even though I think the Dodgers are still going to have the best record. Well, it all depends on how many guys Walker Bueller strikes out during the All-Star game. That if if, 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 if Walker Bueller doesn't strike out nine guys in the All-Star game, then, then the Dodgers are I was so heated trouble. at LeBron in that first quarter of the All-Star game. I just thought to myself, hey, Jordan wouldn't hey, look, have done this. Wilt wouldn't I, have done this. You, I, uh, you know what I really like, Slee? I like, I really like aggressive displays of indifference. I really like it. And that's, exa- that's exactly, LeBron told everybody, very like, the All-Star game's real stupid. I don't think we should have one. And then he went down there and kind of, yeah. And then he played for eight seconds and checked himself out of the game. I cursed and more. I, I, I cursed more during this All Star game than I did in every <laughs> any Lakers game uh, in the first half of the season. So he yeah, did. I just, I just oh, perfect. Yeah, he doesn't care. <laughs> ah, 
Excellent. Actually, oh, yeah, care less. Absolutely. Aggressive disinterest is one of my all-time favorite. By, by the way, Trav, did, did, did you see? Yeah. Did you see that Embiid and Ben Simmons, because of the contract tracing, are actually going to have to miss potentially two games, at least one game? Did you see that? I did not. I mean, think about that for a quick second. As much as we talked about the All Star Game and the success of the game, in the sense of nobody tested positive, Philly has the slightest margin of the best record in uh, the Eastern Conference. What if sure. it came down to a game or two and it came down to Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons because of contrast, contact tracing at a barber, you know, a barber that they were using for the All-Star game in Atlanta is why they don't get home court against Brooklyn or don't get home court against Milwaukee. That's why you need bubble barbers like they had down in Orlando uh, right. during, during last season. They had bubble barbers and bubble everything else along the way. All right, we didn't get to our David Price topic. We're going to do that next because he said something after his first outing of the spring yesterday that I thought is incredibly good news for the, the Dodgers. We'll get to that next. Travis and Slee with 710 ESPN. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. So here's one asking if uh, – it's from Francis in Glendale, okay. Slee, that says, uh, sports question, guys. If he's bought out by Cleveland, why uh, why is Andre Drummond a good fit for the Lakers? Also, does he look like if someone drew Idris Elba with their left hand? <laughs> Which he kind of does a little bit. He looks just enough like Idris Elba. He said, yeah, I'm not a great artist, and I drew it with my left hand. <laughs> Uh, I love the thought process of let me start with a basketball part and then let me slowly phase into something that has nothing to do with it. Well, so I, I that is one of the things that our people are particularly good at. And, yes, I'm referring to them as our people at this point because they're participating and they're doing a great job at Travis Rogers, at Alan Sliwa. They like to say so-and-so looks like somebody if somebody was doing such-and-such. Like, for instance, when you remember the pitcher? I don't know if you remember this guy at all. Remember John Lackey pitching yeah, the Angels? Yeah, absolutely. One, and, okay. So somebody said at one point that John Lackey looked like Ben Affleck if he had his face <laughs> pressed up against a car window. And so that's, that's pretty good. That's, that's pretty good. That's what we're dealing with. That's so not that's, bad. Uh, that's what we get. That's uh, Idris Elba drawn with his left hand. All right. So David Price pitched uh, his first spring training game for the Dodgers the other day. And did really well. He faced three guys, got three guys out against the White Sox, who are a good team. So that's a good sign. That's not the part of it to me, Slee, that I thought was the most interesting. It was what he talked about afterwards, in particular about what he talked to the Dodger organization about when he found out that they were going after Trevor Bauer. I want you to take a listen to this. Being able to identify, you know, how much talent we have on this team from our starters, you know, and the young guys, especially with – Gonzo and D-May and Julio, you know, those guys are, um, you know, they're, they're next level. So you know, as soon as, um, you know, I guess right before we signed Trevor, you know, I reached out to Andrew and said, you know, if it happens, I'm willing to uh, to do whatever you guys need me to do. Um, it's, it's not a problem for me. So just uh, keep me in the loop and, and let me know and I'll be ready for whatever. 
You know what that is, Trav? That's what winners do. I mean, that that's a winner soundbite right there. That's what that's somebody who's been obviously in baseball for a long time, has had great success, already has a World Series, understands the opportunity that he has with the Dodgers, and that's what a winner says. I, I, listen, maybe you don't have that same mindset if you're 23, 24 years old. You're trying to um, you're trying to make it in the league for yourself. You're trying to make a name for yourself. Tell me, <laughs> tell me what more you want from David Price from that just clip right there. That I, 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 you got to like that if you're a Dodger fan. Obviously, this is uh, this is somebody that thinks team first. Yeah. So look, David Price is a Cy Young Award winner. He's a five-time All Star. He's a World Series champion, and this year he's scheduled to make $32 million, okay? Half of which is coming from the Dodgers, half of which is coming from the uh, Boston Red Sox. It would be very easy for him to say, listen, I've pitched in and won World Series games. I'm a Cy Young Award winner. I've been an All-Star five times. I was on the short list of best pitcher in baseball Hmm. for half a decade. I'm not going to the bullpen. That's not what you're not paying me thirty million dollars to pitch out of the pen. I'm not doing that. But the answer instead was, yeah, man, whatever it takes. Gonzo and D May are real guys. Trevor Bauer is coming over. He's the defending uh, Cy Young Award winner. Whatever it takes to win, and and it opens up so many possibilities. Look, I think David Price is going to be in the rotation, but he and David Ro- Dave Roberts were talking about it. This idea of, you know what? Maybe they use all seven or eight of these starting pitchers. How that about they have. that? And do it a little bit differently. So instead of having one guy pitch seven innings and mm-hmm. the next guy pitch seven innings, and you got a couple of guys in the bullpen that might not pitch for three or four or five days, or you got to send them to the minor leagues, what if we have Clayton Kershaw pitch four innings, Dustin May pitch three, turn it over to the bullpen? And mm-hmm. then vice versa, you do it a little bit differently the other time. And you mix and match with all these guys. And by the time you get into August and September, You're when fresh. a lot of guys are hanging, they're fresh. They've mm-hmm. thrown, you know, 60 or 70% of the innings that they might otherwise, and they're ready to go for for the push. It's it's an unbelievable option that they have. Yeah, that position, you know, usually you see that obviously in the postseason, right? You have a you have a five-game set and you're being very strategic of who you're playing and, and you're or let's say you're in an elimination game and all your starters are available. I mean, that that's when you see it. Dodgers are going to be doing that potentially in game 40 of the season, right? And that's the that's the position that they're in. That many other teams um, are obviously don't have these type of options. But I like it, Trav. I mean, you you pushed me on this the last couple of weeks. You were saying, well, what are they going to do? Because there's going to be two guys that can be left out of the rotation. One might mm-hmm. go down to the minor leagues. Another one um, might go to the bullpen. And I think by using seven or eight guys in the rotation, what it does, you get to see. Uh, you know, you get real at-bats or real pitchers against at-bats that you might face later on during the season. Um, you might face them in the playoffs. Padres and the Dodgers play 19 times this year. Yep. Don't you want some of these younger pitchers who could potentially be a part of the rotation in the playoffs, don't you want to see them get some type of um, three, four-inning games against Tatis and Machado? You know, I'm just using that team as an example, but... Uh, it seems like that would be the best-case scenario for the Dodgers. I think there's enough innings to go around. Yeah, yeah, there are, for sure. But here's the deal. You're, you're not going to tell Walker Bueller he can only pitch four tonight. You're not going to tell uh, Clayton Kershaw, okay, you're you're done with four innings because we're going to get Dustin May three innings of work tonight. It, mm-hmm. It's going to it's hard to do it. It's it's a plan, but the execution of the plan is more difficult. And the other part of this too is, and again, 
these guys are younger and they're just getting started, and the other guys like Bauer and Kershaw and Price are older, established guys that have already got their credentials. Walker Bueller's kind of in a different spot because he's not young or old. He's just kind of a guy that's the, one of the best pitchers on the team already. But guys get paid on their numbers. Guys get paid on what they do. And if I'm Dustin May or Tony Gonsolin, I, I, I want to win, obviously. But every year that goes by, if I'm not able to stack some numbers – then it's a little harder to go in there and say, okay, pay me like I'm a frontline starter. And sure. they're like, well, yeah, but you only pitched 100 innings last mm-hmm. year. At some point, the reality of that sinks in to these guys because you know they, they understand that as much fun as it is for us to watch them win games, they're trying to make a living. Well, that's very selfish on their part, okay? This whole making a living <laughs> thing, all right? <laughs> no, I get it. Listen, you know the best comp I have is we'll use – and I'm not saying that Kyle Kuzma is has the potential of any of those players, but Kuz, the Lakers found a solution where he got paid. He got you know they took the pressure off from a financial perspective. He still has the ability, and he's still in that process of um, you know developing because that's really what he is. He's still developing. He's only 25 years old, or whatever the case is. I think there's a balance. You're right. You're not going to go tell Kershaw, hey, we got to take you out because um, we want to give May an opportunity to get some innings in. I get that. But there might be opportunities where Kershaw is not pitching well and they throw in one of those young pitchers to say, okay, this is your opportunity. I I, I feel in 162 games, it, it's not football. You got opportunities. Opportunities are going to be there. And doesn't it just feel that over a course of 162 games that these guys are going to get some innings? It's not like they're just going to be sitting there, sitting there on the bench uh, eating sunflower seeds and chewing gum. So this is this is the part where Key wanted to throw things at me because it, 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 here, here's here's a little bit of baseball, right? And mm-hmm. I mean that in the sense that it doesn't make any sense in the context of logic, but it it, it makes sense in the context of baseball. Innings are not all created equal. They're not the same. Get, get, getting the last three outs of the game are very different than getting three outs mm. in the fourth inning. It, it's a totally different dynamic. Pitching out of the bullpen is entirely different than starting the game. Your routine, how often you go, your preparation as far as just your routine in getting warm. Like in starting, okay, game starts at 7.05. I know that at 6.20 I start my warm-up and I get – in the bullpen it's like, hey, we, you're going to need to come in this game in two hitters, and you go bam, 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 and you get ready. It's a totally different dynamic. So some guys can kind of slide back and forth between these two things and do them pretty effectively – but not many. Most guys need a defined role. Now, it doesn't mean they can't do both roles, but you need to tell them, hey, look, you're a starting pitcher. You're going to pitch every fifth day and pitch as long as you can until, A, you get bombed out, or, two, you you, you max out on your pitches, one mm-hmm. of those two things. But if one day you're pitching innings four, five, and six, and then three days later you're pitching the eighth inning, and then two days after that you're starting the game, you're in and out, and the end, well, it's all pitching – yeah, but it's not all the same, sure. and that that's another piece of the puzzle that doesn't all kind of come together. Well, that, listen, that similar guys want to know in basketball, they want to know when they're coming in, right? They're, they want that yeah. they want that routine of saying, okay, I know I come in eight minutes after eight minutes in the first quarter. That's <laughs> when I'm coming in, right? Montrez Harrell knows when he's going to give his minutes. You're right. If you're bringing somebody in. In the start of the second quarter in one game, the next game he's starting, the next game after that he doesn't come in until the third quarter. He's probably like, I don't know what the hell's going on here. 
Right. What, what, what exactly do you want me to do tonight? It's a look. Routine is good for everybody. That's why I like to eat my five meals a day at the same time every time because you just never know when when, uh, when you when consume that next one's going to come. When around. you consume the most amount of your calories, at what point of the day? In, it's one of the few things I do, kind of, sort of, right when it comes. Let me remember your face. It's the only thing I do in the morning. Right. I eat mo- most of my calories are in the morning. I am so backwards, Trav. Like when when the show's done. <laughs> listen, when the show's done tonight, I go home as if it's a celebration. The new year just started. Uh, it's you know <laughs> the millennium. I I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how to describe it. But every time I go home, hey, look. And, and this might be just because you know you work the late hours. So during the day, yeah. I don't know. You you're worried about okay. You got to take care of this. Got to take that. The moment it's all done, uh, all hell breaks loose. All hell breaks loose. I've done that as well, and you come Jeff, home. Wait, and before, it's before you say anything else, before you say anything else, the way you prepared to talk to me was that if you were a therapist who's been doing this for a long time. <laughs> well, yes, you 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 read my tone perfectly, and that bottle of wine and box of taquitos at eleven thirty at night—it's not a bad decision. <laughs> when when you've just finished work at ten thirty, wine and taquitos is a pretty damn good choice. Just putting that out there. Just putting it out there. All right, we saw the All-Star game end on what was essentially a half-court jump shot from Damian Lillard. Yeah. Just a, just a nice, easy little stroke routine. from about routine. 48 feet away. Just a routine. Has the NBA gone too far, and have they gone down a Major League Baseball rabbit hole? That's next. Travis and Sliwa, 710 ESPN.